you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome inside Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live here in New York City. It's a Friday, beautiful Friday, November 18th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Uh, rap sheet, please bring us back home. Ian, there's a huge NFC matchup between the Cowboys and the Vikings about to go down Sunday afternoon on CBS in Minnesota, but there are injuries to keep an eye on before kickoff. What do you got? Yeah, we'll talk about the two biggest ones. First of all, Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys' starting running back, who's been out the last two games with a relatively minor knee injury. I know some people thought he was going to go last week. They just did not want to put him in harm's way for what they believe is going to be a long season and uh, certainly someone that they want out there all the time. And Elliott sounds like he is more optimistic now than he was last week about playing. He described himself as very optimistic, said he's in a much better place now than he was last week. If all goes well today, he should ramp up Saturday and should be good to go on Sunday. We'll keep you informed on that one. Meanwhile, a little scare about Justin Jefferson, the star receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, popped up on the injury report uh, on Wednesday, limited with a toe injury. Still not entirely clear what happened, but the main thing is the source close to him told me he should be good to go, so really no worries when it comes to Jefferson, who has become maybe the best receiver in the NFL. It sounds like we'll see him on the field Sunday. Well, that's good to know because this is much must-watch theater in Minnesota this weekend. Ian Rapport, thank you very much for all the information today. We appreciate you. Let's take a look at the current NFC playoff picture. And as you can see, the Cowboys, they are the sixth seed right now at six and three, looking up at the number two seed, the NFC North leading Vikings, who essentially ran away with that division early this season. We'll see if they can hold people off, hold teams off as the season unfolds. Yet somehow the Cowboys are favored this Sunday when they travel north to the Twin Cities. Kirk Cousins and the rest of the Vikings have been celebrating in their own unique way, and they have feel very protective of the way that they do that on the airplane. But respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, feels like the name yes. of the game when it comes to the Vikings. Why can't the Vikings get some respect? They are home underdogs with a visiting team coming in, the Dallas Cowboys, that are worse than them in the, in the division. And coming off a bad loss in Green Bay. It makes no sense, and yet uh, maybe the people who make the spreads and maybe the people who watch at home have been burned by the Vikings the week after after big wins over the years, so much so that they're not willing to buy in. And I go to the historical reference of the Minneapolis Miracle. They have this incredible <laughs> win. They feel they so have good. Stephon Diggs, they come in, they, it's the greatest Vikings win in a decade. And then they go to Philadelphia, and what happens the very next week? They get the doors blown off them. And it's LeGarrette Blunt just eating. And it's it's Torrey Smith on a flea flicker. The Vikings scored first in this game, too. If you remember, it was like 7-0 Vikings. And then yeah. Case Keenum just is absolutely destroyed by the Eagles uh, throughout this game. 
All right, so we go back, we fast forward. Okay, Keenum's not good enough to get us over the hump. We're going to go sign Kirk Cousins. They get Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins goes in a playoff game, and it, all you heard was he can't win a big game, can't win a big game, can never win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Goes into a house of horrors for quarterbacks. Goes into New Orleans in a playoff game and wins. Wins in dramatic fashion. The very next week, they go and they play the San Francisco 49ers, and the 49ers absolutely shellac them. And it was the uh, divisional round, and it was like they didn't belong on the same field. Again, scored early in this game. We're in this game. And then it was just, you know, you named the, the Niners defensive player that I remember ate. Richard Sherman picked him off in that game. Yes, yeah. yes. And everyone had their day. Mostert had a day. And, of course, the defensive line ate him. This past week, it was probably – the most surprising this. Vikings win of recent memory, where usually they lose that game, but in Buffalo, with all the crazy things that happened, they fought, they were resilient, it was this awesome moment. Don't lose the game after the awesome win for the third consecutive time. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I don't think there's a lot of respect for the Vikings, and it's not because of their players or their roster. Kyle, you've said it. I think they might have the most decorated or scary offensive roster in the entire league. It's because of teams of yesteryear, and maybe that's not fair to them, but they can erase those demons. They've got two games in five days here. They've obviously got this one, and then they've got the Patriots on Thanksgiving night. National television, everybody watching. Earn your respect, win these games, be 10-1 and one at the end of this thing, and then we'll talk. See, I'm going to go opposite. Like, how do the Vikings gain your respect? Like, respect from who? Uh-huh. Respect from the media? Respect from Oddsmakers. fans outside of Minnesota, from oddsmakers? If I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, player, coach in, in the organization, who cares if we have those respect? I, know. I guarantee you the Dallas Cowboys have the Minnesota Vikings respect. The Buffalo Bills, they have the Minnesota Vikings respect. The Green Bay Packers, who they beat up on, who's been their division rival, who's been dominating that division, they have the Minnesota Vikings respect. Don't worry about the outside world who has no impact on the games that you're playing, having your respect. Continue to win football games, celebrate, and have fun. That's what it's all about. Yes, Justin Jefferson, (laughs) do the gritty. Jump up when you're in a victory formation. Kirk Cousins, put the chains on. Patrick Peterson, on the flight home. Enjoy the season. You're gaining the respect from every team in the NFL when they turn your film on and they see you on a seven-game win streak. When they see you winning games in overtime, Peterson getting an interception, sliding on the ground while the entire sideline is erupting in Buffalo at their stadium where it's so hard to win football games. Minnesota, you are doing it. You're winning. You're atop your division. You're second in the NFC. Continue to do that. The demons are slayed. All that stuff in the past doesn't matter at all? Doesn't matter at all. Who cares? Go out there and win football games. That's all you can do. You win this one. You win the next one. Oh, we still don't respect them because they haven't done it in the playoffs. Well, when that comes, handle that then. But for right now, continue to win football games. And damn, have fun doing it. You're in your feelings about this one a little, a little bit. So you're saying that they don't need to earn respect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying they can't. I think it's impossible. And I think it has entirely everything to do with Kirk Cousins. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a thing that is never going to go away. And I, I think he actually needs to like, win the Super Bowl for it to go away. And by the thing, I mean there's a very comfortable, familiar punchline that the media has about Kirk Cousins and go after him and beat him like a pinata. And it's funny, and there's memes, and there's gifts, and ha, 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 ha. Even last week. So they have this incredible win. And you look at Cousins, he threw one really bad interception every Everybody laughed at. He failed on the quarterback sneak. And all the Jefferson stuff, none of the credit goes to Cousins because he just kind of throws jump balls. Like, Cousins isn't talked about at all on that. That one into double coverage, he's like, crazy. what a catch by Jefferson. It's a great throw by Cousins. <laughs> Cousins was 30 of 50 in this game. He threw 357 yards, was significantly better than Josh Allen. 
Uh, they win every single close game, 7-0 and in one-score games. They never blow it at the end of the game, but I just don't think this is going away. There are just guys that we, everyone has decided, ha-ha, you suck, it's funny to laugh at you, and I would put Carson Wentz in the same category. We're waiting for Cousins to mess up, and so they can win this game 50 to nothing. It's still going to be, yeah, but the next one they're going to lose. I don't think they can do anything short of winning the Super Bowl to completely shed that, because years ago, when they won that, that, that game in the Superdome, Peter got up on the show and said, it's Stay over. Right it's over. I never want to hear Cousins can't win it. And Peter, you yourself have brought it up since then. That, yeah. Like, even you went back. And it's just, it's never going to mm. go away. So win this game 70 to nothing. It's not going to be the respect. It's not going to be like, well, now we trust mm. Cousins. People just don't want to because they like making fun of them. Mm. You guys, it, it, everything that you just said about Kirk Cousins, you could literally take about the state of the organization and apply it to just sure. the Vikings in general, which is like, there is that team to the east of the Vikings that people would rather see their colors on national television. They would rather see their quarterback on national television. And even if he doesn't do great on Thursday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, people would rather watch that than watch a really great Vikings team. And like, there are uh, college classes, 500 level classes being written about the, the master of the media and how you can manipulate things and why teams get certain viewerships. There's something about these colors. There's something about that logo for the reason that the team on the right just will never, will never, even if they win a Super Bowl, they're just going to be that team that won it that one year. And then the next year, we're going to go back to that team on the left, the Navy Blue Star, and we're going to care more about them than, than the Vikings. And it just... It's just the nature of the beast. I don't know if it's the Minnesota nice thing. I don't know if it's because they have one of the longest playoff droughts, Super Bowl droughts. As a state, honestly, every professional organization had one of the longest playoff droughts across any team. Twins, Timberwolves, Vikings. They they did not make it to the playoffs since like the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, I don't know if that's it, but the point is, it's never going to happen. So stop looking for it. Stop being the person that you want to walk into a room and like, gee, I hope somebody says my name and tells my story. Stop caring that much. Like, and let it go. Do you think it was different during like Culpepper Moss and all that? Like, weren't they the team that had the You tell me. You tell Because I, I lived it in it. Far. I lived in right. it. And so we put those guys on a pedestal, but that's just within Minnesota. We're talking about national media. Yeah. lost 41 nothing to the Giants in a playoff. Yeah. Well, there you go. That answered it. There you go. With that tone of <laughs> voice, too. That's it. It's just like, oh, it's same old Jets, same old Vikings. So stop looking for it. All right. Jamie, that sounded very, very emotional and passionate. That's why we love it. Really good. So me, I, that question made me so mad. I coming understand. up on Good Morning Football, the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles have everyone's respect, are coming off of their first loss of the season. Because if the Vikings had won that game in Philadelphia, they would have been the first team to play a home Super Bowl that year. And what happened? The Eagles trounced them. Are the Eagles going to bounce back against Jeff Saturday's Colts? Mad minute. Tory Smith on a flea flicker. I can't control what happened. Plus... The man who silenced Bill's Mafia, you can't silence Bill's Mafia, at least to beat him though. Patrick Peterson, the slayer of Buffalo, two interceptions, both in the end zone, all day playmaker. He wakes up with GMFB next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Our next guest is playing in his 
12th Woo. NFL season. He is an eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and is the leader on that Vikings defense. Please give a warm welcome to the OG, Patrick Peterson. What's up, Pat? Me too. Yeah. What's happening, guy? How you doing? Thrilled to see you. We're all very excited to have you on, and we're going to get right into your performance you had against Buffalo. But, Pat, you were sitting there in your position early for the show, which we respect, and you heard our last segment. We talked Vikings. Peter talked about some of the infamous history. Jason says they don't need respect. Jamie had this whole volcano of Minnesota native stuff, and I said right. no one wants to, wants to say Kirk Cousins is the man. You listen to the whole thing. What are your thoughts on it? Hey, man, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And like you said, the media always want to find a way to poke at Kurt or, or like he's a pinata, continue to beat him up. But at the end of the day, we just want to continue doing the things that we need to do. And that's been one to know at the end of each and every week and see where it takes us. So we have all the trust in the world within him. He had a great performance last week. Let's see if we can continue building on that. And at the end of the day, let's see where it takes us. It is what it is. We're getting the job done. And you just talked about the big win this past week versus Buffalo. You get the game-sealing interception in overtime. And we saw you on the plane. You're rocking the chains, having a great time. <laughs> but you said it's kind of run its course. I, I need to know, is the run on the chains, is it over? Are we done doing that celebration and just focus on winning? Or is there something underneath the sleeve that's coming next? Mm. We're going to have to do a little bit of brainstorming now. You know, so um, we had a while. We have about three weeks until our next uh, away game. So we have some time. So you guys are going to have to wait and see what happens on the next victory uh, oh. playing around for sure. Okay. Well, Patrick, we had one of your teammates on uh, earlier, uh, a month or two ago. He said you guys were going to gift Kirk Cousins a, a chain. Is this, is this gift still in the works? And the way he's playing, he probably needs one of his own. Hey, I tell you what, we win that Lombardi trophy, I might buy him a chain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. go, there Let's you go. go. Um, well, you can't win a Lombardi without having a great quarterback-wide receiver connection. And let's talk about Justin Jefferson mm -hmm. a little bit. Huge moment in that game last week. That catch, speechless. I, I, again, I will say right. ten times I pushed a chair over. Everyone's freaking out. I want to know what it was like on that sideline because that play happened right in front of you. Yeah, it, it literally happened right in front of me. Um, it was fourth and a mile. Um, I had an opportunity to stand up and watch the play. I was like, whoa, he literally just caught the ball. Hurry up offense. Let's get back in uh, motion so they don't have opportunity uh, to challenge it. But it was an incredible play. Kurt had an awesome day. You know, he threw some a couple of interceptions that he wished he could have had back. But at the end of the day, he ended up getting the job done. And that quarterback-receiver connection is one of the best I've seen in a long time. Patrick, it's so cool having you on the show. I mean, look, this, this is a NFL 100 player, meaning you are one of the top 100 players in the history of the sport. You are going to the <laughs> Hall of Fame, and here you are mm -hmm. in year 12. And free agency hit this year. There was questions whether you were coming back to Minnesota. Like, what has this been like for you? And suddenly you're on this team with a new coach, and they've got you know, a first-year general manager, and suddenly it's like year 12, I'm on this team that's leading from the front I, I gotta think for you personally this is a really special campaign it really is man have an opportunity to connect with KO Quasi, and Ed Donatell and, and you know being with the team from last year and pretty much having everybody back here from the previous team it was a pretty a easy decision for me to come back and the joy that uh, KO and Ed brings to the team each and every day it just makes it fun to come to work and you know not only that winning is a huge part of that as well you know so just being a situational, you know, smart football team, uh, a penalty-free football team, and going out there and enjoying winning with your brothers, it's nothing like it.
And it's been awesome to watch. And you know, Peter's just talking about this incredible resume that you've put together. You know that the thing that you want to finish that resume is the Super Bowl ring. I mean, that would mean, I'm sure, no the world to you. And here you are, and it feels like this team is special. <laughs> what would it mean to get that this year, Pat? Just to finish that, finish that resume, just to have perfection, to get the Super Bowl ring. Do you think about it? Do you allow yourself to? Well, you know, Kyle, at the end of the day, you can't. You know, I would love that, you know, for that to happen throughout my career and the season that we're having right now, obviously, you know, point in the in the direction of that. But at the same time, you have to focus on what's in front of you. And we have the Dallas Cowboys in front of us right now, which is a huge task, a huge game for us, playoff implications uh, line on this game. So I have to worry about my day-to-day work, you know. So winning a Super Bowl will be huge. It will be monumental, you know, to me and my career. But if that don't happen, that falls into a, a team effort. That's something individually I can't do by myself. So I know I'm putting everything that I can into this team effort to win the Super Bowl. And, then, and if I can't do it this year, I try again next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Year, year 13, <laughs> right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I know as I continue to play and as I got older, you really start to cherish the moments and the memories and how important they are because mm-hmm. you get closer to the end than the beginning. How's it been being on this team? We reference you as the OG to be able to reflect and share those moments with your teammates. And how special is that as you're now in year 12 of your career with so many accolades individually that you've already accomplished? Man, it's been so special. Like you uh, said, Jason, um, when when you get to the back end of your career, you start to cherish these moments even much more than you did in year four, year three. And now with the NFL getting so much younger, guys, we have a, a, a locker room full of 23, 24-year-olds that never really experienced this. You know, So I'm telling these guys all the time, enjoy these moments, enjoy this moment. You know, because you never know when you're going to have this opportunity again. Unless you're Jason, you know, you play for the the, the New England Patriots. You pretty much have that success <laughs> each and every That's year. Right, but, you know, you have to be able to enjoy these moments and be able to uh, create memories for a lifetime. Because, like I said, you never know when you have an, you may have an opportunity like this again. Before we let you go, uh, you know, you've got, you're such a student of the game. You've got such a history here. We're in a really cool mm-hmm. time for young players in this sport. You watch these guys like Sauce Gardner or Kobe Bryant out in mm-hmm. Seattle. Is there a young cat that you've seen in the last couple of years that you've circled and said, hey, I might have the throne now and I might be the guy for my generation, but this guy might be the dude for the next one? Man, you know, I'm all, I've always been a big fan of Jalen. Obviously, he's, you know, getting a little bit older and he's like that generation behind me, but the generation that that's behind him. I got to go with Pat Sertan, man. Jason Horn. Mm. You know, those guys are going to be uh, some household names in the future for sure. I mean, we have a young one in, uh, in our locker room as well, Cam- Cameron Dantzler. Mm-hmm. You know, once he, you know, gets his feet wet and, 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 and able to, you know, stay healthy and sustain a, a full season, he's a guy that can play at a high level as well. So those three guys for the, you know, after the Jalen uh, generation, you know, those guys for sure will be on the lookout on the, the next DBs, uh, the next great DBs for our future. Pat really is the godfather. He's, he's the man. He's, he's, the, OG. Right? he's <laughs> the guy. He's the pride of Pompano Beach. He made the biggest play in the NFL last week. You know He's going to make huge plays this week against the Dallas. <laughs> we know you do. Pat, awesome for no. coming out. Have a great week. Great Again, job. Appreciate man. you. Thanks, bud. Awesome guy. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. It's time to bring Nate into the show. From one triple threat to another one, Nate Burleson. Talk about it. I want to get your take from last night. Packers, they looked a little yeah. bit... Eh, yeah. Titans look yeah. good, though. Yeah. What'd you make of it? And do you think uh, your boy Rodgers can salvage this thing? 
I believe he can. You know, when Rodgers talks to the media and talks to his team, it seems like he's talking to us who are big fans of his. But you're right, though, Shrey's. That's a good way to describe it. They were just, there were moments where you're like, look at him clicking. And that Christian Watson, oh, man, five touchdowns in the last couple of weeks. This guy is a monster. But we just needed to see more out of that offense. They were getting after Rodgers, making him uncomfortable in the pocket, and then also making those wide receivers make plays. It was good to see Randall Cobb back out there on the field, but they just needed more offense to compete with what the Titans were doing. And on the flip side, shout out to Braves, that team tied downing the offensive coordinator for the Titans, and Derrick Henry, Mr. Do-It-All Derrick Henry, Mr. Run in between the tackles, uh, Mr. Catch out of the backfield, Mr. Screenplay, Mr. Fake the run, and then throw the dime over the top in the red zone, Derrick Henry. It just seems like he continues to stamp himself as the best running back in football, and we know. We think that this is holiday time. Oh, yeah, right after Halloween, then comes Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, it may be the holidays, but this is also Derrick Henry time. When the weather gets cold, he gets better. So shout out to the Titans. Nate, I was worried you were going to lean too far into the Packers during that answer, thinking that it's the Packers. The Vikings are the ones we want to be talking about right now. We had Patrick Peterson on just a couple of minutes ago on the show. I know, I know. And he talked about the respect, or perhaps lack thereof, that is being discussed about this team, but they may deserve. Which team, besides the Vikings, do you believe deserves way more credit than what they're getting right now? Now, hear me out. I know that the Miami Dolphins are leading their division with a, what, 7-3 and three record. I know that they're playing well and they're getting the credit they deserve. We're patting Tua on the back. Tyreek Hill looks great. They're adding weapons on defense. They just look great all the way around. But I feel like Mike McDaniel deserves more respect. You know, I know he's the young guy with the Harry Potter glasses. Here he's rocking the aviators. He has a few jokes and he talks well on the sideline. He communicates with his team. But it's deeper than that. Do you see how much fun this team is having? Do you see the smile on Tua Tungavailoa's face? Tyreek Hill just throwing up the deuces every time he's getting the rock. And this is a team that we were heavily criticizing all the way up until Tyreek landed there. And then we kept criticizing him almost even more. Saying, well, I know Tyreek Hill is good. But I mean, there's no way he's going to have the same type of success with Tua Tungavailoa as he did with Patrick Mahomes. It's just ridiculous to think that. And I just think this team is a long ways away for them to figure it out. They got a lot going on the field and off the field but here they are this young coach with a demeanor that says chill and relax and a disposition that we all can relate to has brought a different type of vibe like truly the miami vibe if you ever been down to miami south beach and been kicking it got your toes in the sand with a little mai tai and an umbrella in it that's mike mcdaniel and now this team all of a sudden is feeling the same way there were moments with him and tua being mic'd up this past week on the sideline that was just fun and amazing to watch and a few weeks ago mike mcdaniel looked at justin fields on the sideline and said just stop it. And we've talked a just ton about Fields this past week. Yeah, just please, please. As maybe being the first quarterback to rush for over 100 yards in three straight games since Billy Kilmer in 1961. What has impressed you most about Fields this season and the jump that he's made? You know, it seems like all the Chicago Bears fans wanted to put a help wanted sign outside of the stadium <laughs> saying, listen, help wanted. We need a new quarterback. Justin Fields ain't that guy. You're not that guy. Trust me, dude, you're not that guy. But then all of a sudden he was like, hold up, let me let me go ahead and, and write a note and put position field and then stamp this right outside my locker. You know what it is? They allowed him to do him. They allowed this offense to run through his ability to run. And that's an adjustment made by the coaching staff. Also, allowing Justin Fields to lean into the confidence that he has as an athlete. I could care less about how many times you throw the ball. If this offense is moving, they have a rhythm, and they're winning games, or at least very competitive in all of these games, he just so happens to be a leading rusher. 
go ahead and ride with it. Why to try to change a player's game in the ninth inning? And we've known this young man to have a good arm, very athletic ability in the pocket that he can lean on. And you don't want him to do that? You're trying to turn him into this pocket passer? You allow him to be an athlete, and then you tell him when he needs to be a pocket passer. And if you continue to do that, I think we're just seeing the beginning of what Justin Fields can do in this league. Thanks, Nate. Coming up, Thanks, Nate. Shoot your hide shot. your tables, Detroit. Put them away. Tuck them in the closet because the Bills Mafia is coming to town. We're going to preview Bills Browns with another round of Mad Minute next, which that game, again, being played at Ford Field. Shout out Ford Field operations workers. Pulling off a game in 48 hours. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Minute Park Dill. Let's break down some of the best matchups week 11 with a round of Mad Minute where we put 60 seconds on the clock and we talk about each game. So thanks to a little bit of snow, a little bit, a lot of snow, the Bills' home game is now moved to Detroit where they're going to take on the Browns. Kyle, what are you looking for in this game? Is it possible this is the best thing that could have happened to the Bills? Hey, just hear me out. You're like, oh, they have a home game taken away from them. That's not... You're going in a dome, okay? Let Josh Cook throw the thing all the way, all over the field. You're going against the Browns, who want to give it to Nick Chubb. So if this game had played at home in the snow, in the conditions, could you maybe make the argument that the Browns would have been better suited right now as a team to play in there? We're always saying, why build, build the Bills a dome? Josh Allen suited for a dome. You got a dome game. Wow. I think he has a massive game. And I think the conditions actually play a role in it. A lot of people are moaning about this, saying, hey, this is why you have an outdoor stadium in Buffalo. There's a blizzard. Not to get political, but Governor Hockle here in New York was basically like, we can't use our emergency rescue system on making sure people can get in and out of a football game. People might have to have their lives saved this weekend because of this weather. It makes sense. I know it breaks your heart if you love the spectacle of sure. the NFL films thing, but like, there might be lives at risk, and this is why they're doing it. Yeah, it's so important to bring up, and I'm excited about this game. You just mentioned Josh Allen in the dome, but Miles Garrett, Von Miller, two of the best pass rushers mm. in the game, getting a chance to see those guys on oh, opposite yes. ends getting after quarterbacks. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, there's spectacle, and then there's just like darn near unsafe. Yeah. Uh, environments to play in. So have fun in Detroit, everybody. The Lions, speaking of Detroit, are coming to the Big Apple to battle it out against the New York Giants. Intrigue set the table in this game, Kyle. If the Lions win this game, we actually have something with Detroit. Ooh. I'm not really fired up about that. <laughs> I, I have so many Giants fans uh, and neighbors and everything, and they're on fire. I was talking to him last night. I'm like, do you guys think you, there's any chance you lose this game? He's like, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Detroit, all of a sudden, beliefs and don't get them to turn the corner. My eyes are in Detroit in this one, Peter. I'm not apologizing. Same Saquon, going into this week, led the league in, in rushing. And obviously, Derrick Henry yeah. jumped him last night. There's a stat. The Lions have the worst defense in the league. Saquon's a leading rusher. In the history of the sport, after week 10, only six times has the leading rusher gone up against the worst defense in the uh, league. How'd it go? What happens? 6-0. and oh, The leading rusher takes uh, care of business against the worst mm. defense. And the margin of victory is 15 points. I'm going big blue on this. Same reason as the Jets traveling. 
every Giants fan is going to be at this game in the weather supporting their team. They finally have an outfit to root for. Well, you just said it. Giants win the game. You, you just laid out all the facts. And Giants have had a great season so far, surprising a lot of people. You can't lose to the Detroit Lions. You have to win this game. They have a chance to get eight wins, which would double their total from last season. Only in week 11, Giants are rolling. Can't lose to the Lions. Let's get on the plane from New York and go all the way out to an AFC West battle. Sunday Night Football between the Chiefs and the Chargers in Los Angeles. This game was the one we were hyped about early sure. this season. Are we just as hyped this time around? Maybe not just as Yay. hyped, but Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have a chance to play in this game, and they haven't been out there, and Justin Herbert has felt it without his two main guys, and I talk to Kyle Van Noy all the time on the Chargers. They've dealt with a ton of injuries. You have a chance to beat this Chiefs team. What a way to come out and say, hey, we're still a team that is relevant and needs to be talked about. Yeah, I think there's a sentiment that goes towards the Chargers for this, because you like Herbert, and you like Staley, and this was the year. This was the year they're going to take a run at KC. It would just be another year losing both times to Kansas City, and it's the same old same. It's boring if the Chiefs win, but to their credit, the Chiefs probably will. This is the AFC West last stand. We hyped this division so hard (laughs) in the offseason, thinking all four teams could go to the playoffs. I had, you know, the Broncos, you know, quarterback as an MVP. Everyone had Herbert going, you lose this one, you're five and five. The Chiefs are now eight and two, and it's like the AFC West is decided before Thanksgiving. Mm. For everybody in that division, Chargers. Oh, and our guy Sean Evans, the host of Hot Ones, is going to be cranking that thing for the Chargers. He is? Oh, we love it. We like Sean Evans. Sean Evans, Chicago guy. Get your game day started Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern with NFL Game Day Morning. You like that on three, one, two, three. You like it! It'll be quite a dilemma for Michael Irvin this week when the Cowboys face his MVP pick, Kirk Cousins. Will he go with his heart or his ego? Find out Sunday. Speaking of Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. There's no way. Justin Jefferson single-handedly. See what I did there? Saved the Vikings last week. We'll let you know where that catch ranks among the all-time best. And what's wrong with Josh Allen and the Bills offense all of a sudden? Kurt Warner has studied the tape and has the answer. All that and much more Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. You're up to our show has had to deal with on the streets, but that's fine because we're tough. You know how tough we are? We have a pickle in this segment. It's called I'm Pickle Picks. Not built for this. We're yes, you are built for this. You could do this. Uh, here's a deal. One, one game at a time. Uh, Mr. Pickle's going to come up. He's got a scarf on, and uh, he's going to reveal a Week 11 matchup. Who gets to go Bulls first? Sports. We have to say who's going to win and explain why. Uh, Peter, you go first. <sighs> Jets have about Patriots. It. First of all, Pickle, you look a lot like our buddy Eric. I'm going to go with on this one. You know what? I'm sorry. No, you know what? I think the Patriots win. Patriots. 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 All right, give go. out another one, Pickle. Come Ooh, on. Got, who, who's a Harry Potter Pickle? Bengals and Steelers. Everybody's going with Joe Burrow. I am going yeah. with the Steelers. They haven't lost You're the next. game with TJ Watt out there. Two and oh, Burrow's not going to be able to come back. Steelers win it. Upset. Griffin Pickle. Look what I got. I got two fancy logos <laughs> of two good teams. And I think the one that has the braids over here is going to win at home. Woo! Minnesota to 9-1. Go get it. I'm about to Mike Vrabel my pick. Oh, the jacket. I don't know. Vrabel didn't wear a jacket last night. Why not? Um, Falcons, Bears. I think Justin Fields, who is playing absolutely the show electric on Falcons, right now, Bears. Uh, yeah. is going to go to his hometown state, state of Georgia and beat oh. the Falcons, Bears. Kyle has run a mile. Oh. You are tough. Minnesota Put tough. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> it's cold. Oh.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.